ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listener. Welcome to my 292nd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, I will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, it was a weekend like no other in the NFL following President Trump's speech on Friday night and leading to a massive NFL display of unity yesterday. I was at Gillette Stadium for the spectacular Patriots-Texans game and witnessed it firsthand as uh, about a half a dozen, about a dozen or so Patriots took a knee and the rest of the team, as best I could tell, were standing with locked arms, as were the Houston Texans. There were boos, uh, audible boos <clears throat> for sure both at the beginning and the end of the national anthem. And uh, as we all know, it went on league-wide yesterday, uh, starting bright and early out of London with the Jaguars-Ravens game. But back to Gillette Stadium where I was, and it was indeed my highlight of the week. Uh, It was an incredible ending uh, to what were numerous Incredible endings across the NFL to the one o'clock games. But having the good fortune to be live at Gillette Stadium, it was another classic two-minute Tom Brady, as we call him up here in New England, uh, comeback. There's just no feeling like being in Gillette Stadium when the Patriots are losing and Tom Brady gets the ball with two minutes to go. There's just nothing like it. Uh, We've been fortunate to be living this dream for the past 17 years. And uh, the sense of anticipation, the excitement, the will here, won't he? It was probably a little, the ante was upped a little bit yesterday, given how the last home game with the Chiefs turned out on banner night to open the season. And now there's just the uh, obvious question of, uh, can he still do it at age 40? Uh, Personally, I was confident. I said so as he took the first snap. And uh, indeed, he did it uh, despite, you know, some obstacles on this one, penalties, uh, near strip sack, what have you. And uh, he overcame that and... Uh, he and Brandon Cooks put on quite a show yesterday. Brandon Cooks, of course, the new his his new favorite target, along with Chris Hogan now. Uh, Brandon Cooks coming over in the offseason from the Saints. But it was just uh, 
as enthralling uh, as it gets. Uh, I never take Tom Brady for granted, having for a number of years as he's gotten up there into his mid-30s and beyond. I just always realize, uh, you know, enjoy it while it's happening. You just don't know what the future holds as any athlete gets older, but he's just simply defying age. There is no other way to say it. Uh, there were, again, there was a, a strong feeling and certainly in the people around me, like, you know, can he still do it at age 40? Uh, and he just showed that he can, and there's just simply nothing like it. And he just delivered again yesterday, big time. That was just one of, uh, what was one of the most spectacular, seven minutes or so ever for NFL red zone. I tape it every Sunday. And given that I was at the game yesterday, uh, as soon as I got back, I, uh, rewound to approximately three 30 in the afternoon, shall we say. And, uh, and it was just amazing. Uh, I didn't really have a feel I'd seen the scores or whatever, but it was a crazy chaotic day at Gillette. As you can imagine, I, I certainly wasn't checking, other scores during Brady's two-minute drive. So got back and all of a sudden got to see what even uh, Scott Hansen, the red, the red zone guru, called maybe one of the best, uh, best endings to the one o'clock games in red zone history. Bottom line, there were four spectacular endings, including the Patriots, within a seven-minute span at around four o'clock Eastern time. And I watched them all on Red Zone. They went to the uh, the quadruple box. That's uh, how many things were going on. But again, all taking place within seven minutes in real time. So beyond the Patriots, there was the Philadelphia Eagles 61-yard field goal on the final play of the game. Kudos to Alshon Jeffrey for catching that last pass from Carson Wentz to get out of bounds with one second left. Rookie kicker for the Eagles. Uh, Great scene. Great, great scene uh, at Lincoln Financial Field. Then there was the Bears and Jordan Howard with his overtime run to beat the Steelers. Uh, Shocking upset, uh, to say the least. And it was just... uh, Great theater. The truth is, he actually peeled off what appeared to be the winning run in OT, uh, going like 70 yards on a spectacular weaving run. And then, uh, uh, but he stepped out. So he got a second chance and promptly ran it 20, 25 yards into the end zone to win it once and for all. Like I think the next play later. And then, well, all this was going on. There was then the Lions, apparent winning touchdown versus the Falcons in Ford Field. Uh, Golden Tate caught the ball, called a touchdown as he kind of slid with the ball crossing the plane, but his knee and his whole whole body lowering to the turf. Uh, But it was basically, you know, celebrated like a victory. And then in in what seemed like an eternity, I mean, frankly, with everything else going on, all these crazy games, I sort of forgot about it, and I'm guessing I wasn't alone. Uh, next thing you know, uh, on Red Zone, uh, the ref, Walt Coleman, I believe, he, he of the, the tuck roll call, uh, announced that his knee had indeed touched the ground, and 
and there were all kinds of questions about, uh, and the game was over. And Ford Field was, you talk about booze, <laughs> raining booze down, shocking ending. There was, was there a timeout and the 10 second runoff, all very confusing, but game over. Everybody walked off the field as booze rained down from the home crowd at Ford Field. And that is if that wasn't enough. Aaron Rodgers, uh, a couple hours later, when the Bengals basically were shockingly dominating the Packers in Lambeau Field throughout the game. Of course, Aaron Rodgers did what he does in the second half. And he let him down the field for an overtime comeback win over the Bengals. So just what a day. Uh, and again, as if all that wasn't enough, uh, my bizarre story of the week was simply the number of upsets yesterday in the NFL. Uh, it started again, bright and early over in London with the Jaguars literally manhandling the Ravens in London, 44 to six or seven, something like that. Uh, but just a, a litany of upsets. The Saints beat the Panthers. The Bills beat the Broncos. The Jets beat the Dolphins. All absolute upsets by any standard. And then on what I'll call more surprises, if you will, uh, the Raiders getting dominated by the Redskins on Sunday night football and the Titans beating the Seahawks uh, in Tennessee. It's, uh, you know, that's a little tricky one as to whether or not that really is an upset. Um, Titans are coming and the Seahawks are... uh, uh, you, you have to start to wonder now, uh, given what Tennessee's offense did to them, or is that defense still the same? And I think it's obvious that the offense is uh, uh, having its issues. So, uh, so yeah, it was just uh, from start to finish, by any standard, a day like no other in the NFL. And again, uh Maybe the best red zone day ever. It was really uh, truly special, and it was I uh, can't imagine anything more enjoyable than coming home from that Patriots game, which was awesome, and uh, being able to turn on my TV and watch all those uh, watch all those other endings that I had taped, DVR'd, and uh, so it just made for just truly just about a perfect football day. And lastly, my lowlight of the week is Darren Sprawls. I've always been a big fan of his from the Philadelphia Eagles. Tearing his ACL and breaking his arm on the same play. Uh, He's a veteran, as we all know. Great career out in San Diego. He's been equally uh, as good down in Philly. I saw him with a massive punt return a few years back uh, in Gillette Stadium when the Eagles upset the Patriots. Uh, But... We'll see what happens. It uh, doesn't look good, uh, you know, as to whether his career will even continue. I mean, two serious injuries on the exact same play is just uh, uh, truly qualifies as my low light of the week. And also, uh, my event of the week is actually tonight as Jared Mayo and James White, as in Super Bowl hero James White and former Patriot linebacker and captain Jared Mayo uh, 
are going to host, uh, co-host an event together. Jared Mayo's done it for years. He's now uh, working with James White, and one of my favorite events uh, every year. So can't wait to attend that. It should be terrific. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, where we'll certainly discuss the awesome Penn State-Iowa game from Saturday night, along with a lot of other college football. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one. 1- 888-346-9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert AP Stedham of Bama Magazine joins us and AP how you doing today? Hey I'm doing great John glad to be here thanks for having me. Well we're glad to have you as always uh, well AP I just got to get right to the spectacular Penn State Iowa game on Saturday night. I know you were up in Nashville covering the Alabama Vanderbilt game. Uh, I, I had to hold myself off from talking about it in the first segment, but I wanted to do it with you. Uh, given your travels, I don't know if you had a chance to see the game, but I will start off by saying it was one of the great college football games I've ever seen, period, and highly unusual given Penn State's utter dominance on things like yardage and time of possession and everything else imaginable. But yet I was in the lead with two minutes, with a minute 40 to go. Um, so really some special stuff uh, to say the least. And I grew up in central Pennsylvania, talk Penn state often in this show and bottom line, any team that's ever going to get to, you know, the, uh, championship level, shall we say, in this case, the college football playoff, you're going to have games like this 
that test who you really are. And Penn State had it, and they passed, period. So wanted to get your thoughts. Don't know if you had a chance to see it. I, again, I know you were traveling, covering Alabama Vandy, but uh, I'm sure you're well aware of what went on. Yeah, John, I, I did happen to see some of it, and particularly that last drive. I was sitting there. I'm saying this, this could be a Heisman moment for someone yes. and on Penn State. And <laughs> sure enough, they you know went down the field and scored a uh, that was incredible, and you know Iowa. I mean, I know that I think I don't know if we spoke about it or I spoke about it with somebody that Iowa usually plays Penn State very tough yep. uh, in their stadium. So that was the, the case, and it looked like they had the victory. And next thing you know, Penn State has the ball with enough time. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you got to see the final drive. That's what it was really. That's what it came down to. That's what it was all about. A remarkable game to watch. I was. Uh, as focused uh, watching that game for three and a half hours as I've been in any game in a long time. Uh, you know, everybody knew I was going to come to play at home on Saturday night where they've beaten, I think, the three top five ranked teams, uh, the last three who had come in there prior to that. And uh, so they have a history, and it was just, the Saquon Barkley show until the final drive. And then you had to simply call it, you know, the Trace Armstrong show along with Barkley making catches. But if I heard it correctly, Armstrong uh, was Trace McSorley, excuse me. Trace McSorley was uh, seven for seven on that final drive. And of course the winning touchdown, a walk-off touchdown, that's something you see very often. I mean, it just, there's usually a second or two on the clock, but this was a genuine walk-off. Uh, that play was a thing of beauty, and he just fired a laser in there. Yeah, he was on, on fire that last drive, and everything had to go perfect, and it did. And Penn State, I mean, they're, they're a contender because when you have a quarterback that's cool and calm and poised in the last couple of minutes, and if you don't put them away, then you're subject to all of their offensive weapons because they're going to be coming at you with everything they have to, to win the game. And, and they, they succeeded on Saturday night in a thriller. And Penn State, I mean, you know, depending on their schedule, I have to look over their home and away situation, but they can be in that playoff. Yeah, well, suffice it to say, they host Michigan on October 21st. They travel to Ohio State on October 28th. They're off. October 14th, so they have a bye week heading into those two back-to-back. So it's tough, tough Big Ten schedule. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 they have a lot more to prove, but, you know, this was uh, the, this win had to happen to keep anything going. And, uh, yeah, McSorley, he's a gamer. He's a risk-taker. But, you know, he had been harassed would be an understatement. He had four or five passes batted down. Keep in mind, he's not all that big. He's not, he's not NFL big, put it that way, for a quarterback. But he's mobile, he's tough, and he, he's not scared. That's for darn sure. And uh, for him to come back from the night he had to do what he did in that final drive is very impressive. Uh, but really, the night you know, none of that happens on the final drive without the game that Saquon Barkley had. AP, he's arrived for me in that rarefied air, which frankly comes along once or so a decade 
where I want to. I have to watch him. It's appointment television in my mind because this guy is doing things I've never seen other people do. There is no other way to say it. And he certainly did a whole lot of that on Saturday night. He broke the Penn State record. No small accomplishment for most yards ever. All-purpose yards, 350 yards. <laughs> Running, receiving, and kickoff returns. I mean, it, he put on a show. That was his Heisman game. Uh, that was his Heisman moment. Uh, of course, the hurdle, uh, you know, where not only did he hurdle the guy, but then when he came down, he, as he was landing, he was hit by another Iowa player and still in midair and still landed on his feet and got a couple more yards. Uh, amazing play, but the more amazing play to me, I've never seen it before, was where he stopped at full speed along the sideline. His right knee came within an inch of the ground, if indeed it didn't even touch the ground, which would have been, he would have been down, but wasn't called. Regardless, it was amazing, and he just cut right back in, all this at full speed. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody do that. So he, he is really, truly something special, and he, he's clearly the Heisman leader now. Yeah, John, he's big at about 230 pounds. He's elusive. Yep. He's fast. He's averaging a phenomenal 7.8 yards per carry. He catches the football 23. He's going to probably break his own record at 28 from last year. Yep. He's over 3,000 yards in his career at Penn State right now. I don't know what the total record you know record is at Penn State, but maybe that's inside as well. Uh, he's just a you know dual threat out of the backfield, running and catching passes. So it's very difficult to stop him. It really is, if not impossible. Um, plus, he's humble and likable, uh, you know, which is really, uh, you know, wonderful as well. Um, teammates seem to love him. You know, my memory of him, too, I, I, I remember, you know, uh, the first time I ever saw him, I guess he was a freshman, and after he ran the ball three, four, five times in the first quarter of his first game I ever watched him play, I texted a family member who's a Penn State alum and huge football fan, and said, you know, who is this guy? <laughs> and, and he, uh, you know, I'm actually proud I sent that text because I, I saw something right there that was just different. And he, of course, texted me right back and said, uh, you know, keep your eye on him. He, he truly is special. This was the, the, the same person that last year was texted me early in the season and said, Keep your eyes on number 12, Chris Godwin. Uh, of course, the, the great receiver for Penn State now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And so I so I trust his judgment. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I've been watching Saquon since his first quarter ever as a Nittany Lion. And it's just, uh, it's turning into the story of the college football season. I know I'm, uh, you know, I'm a little biased. I watch Penn State pretty closely. Uh, given my upbringing, and uh, but you know, the cat's out of the bag. This is a national story, and the praise is just raining down on him after Saturday night. That's for darn sure across the nation from everywhere. Yeah, he has those two things, John, that you said. You know, he's humble and likable. I mean, that that'll move the voting needle in his favor, and yep. he plays for a, a, a power five team. Yep. Um, they're in the hunt for the championship. 
he he gets the ball. I mean, they, he's a featured back, and he gets it uh, on his carries or uh, receiving out of the backfield. And he's got a lot of big games ahead of him, so he can showcase his talent. I mean, he's going to be on TV with a lot yep. of eyes watching his performance against Ohio State and Michigan. And then you exactly. have a championship of the Big Big Ten, let's say. Exactly right. Yeah, there's every opportunity for him. And uh, will he deliver? There's no reason to believe otherwise after the start to the season he's had. So it is, uh, you know, it's exciting to watch. So, But now why don't we move? Penn State's now number four still, I believe, in most polls. Uh, they retain their ranking with that victory. And before I depart this game, I mean, hats off to Iowa. That team showed up. That team played defense like no team I can remember. And after displaying about as feeble an offense as you can have, and credit Penn State's defense to a large degree, Iowa just lit it up in the fourth quarter with spectacular long-distance plays, (laughs) you know, to take that lead. So it was just back and forth, and, you know, it was the classic Iowa, you know, menu, just keep it close, be within one score in the fourth quarter and see what happens. That's exactly what they did. And what happened was they had the lead with a minute 40 to go and Penn State 80 yards away. So they can't do anything more than they did. So uh, great stuff. And let's get to the number one team in the nation who, of course, you were watching, uh, Alabama. Uh, They rolled, roll tide, 59 nothing. So how was that game? I'm sure it was pretty cool up in Nashville. Yeah, John, it was about 75% crimson and white in the stands of that 40,000 in attendance. So they just not only wow. dominated before the game in the stands, they, it, was, it was on the field as well. And they set a school record, John, for discrepancy with yardage between the opponent and Alabama. They had 677 yards to 78. That was a 599-yard differential. Wow. That's amazing. I knew they uh, beat him handily. I didn't know it was record-breaking handy. Yeah, they never crossed the, the midfield. So they got down, I think, to the 44, and that was early in the game. And then it was all Alabama. I mean, they had the full measure of their offense on display. Wide receivers, uh, two freshman wide receivers catching touchdowns, two freshman tight ends playing for the first time. I think now there's 15 freshmen have played, that's got to be almost some kind of record that Alabama to have 15 freshmen hit the field during the first four games. Absolutely. Wow. Um, so the Tide traveled well up to Nashville is what you're saying, Tide Nation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They were there in full force. Uh, you know, somebody else had a great ball game. Damien Harris, 151 yards, three touchdowns of their career highs for him. And they used, John, I mean, they were using, by the end of the game, the sixth uh, uh, running back in the lineup. And and he had uh, a 19-yard run, Ronnie Clark, and they used a freshman off the bench as well. And Najee Harris had another good ball game with with 79 yards, but they used Brian Robinson, Jr. He had 51 plus a touchdown. So, uh, you know, they had phenomenal... uh, uh, performance by all the running backs and the wide receivers and Jalen Hurts was very good but to a tongue of Iloa off the bench he he threw a pass John 
uh, overseeing the entire field, and all of a sudden he threw a dart to a receiver cutting across the middle. I swear I thought it was Kenny Stabler, you know, because he's left-handed. He, he doesn't have that the body features, tall and lanky, but the pass was just reminding me of Kenny Stabler. Oh, I love it. Well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our first segment together. So why don't we take a break now and have a lot more to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. If you think you've seen online TV before. Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., uh, we covered the Penn State-Iowa and Alabama-Vanderbilt games in the previous segment. But tons more college football, and I guess I would start by saying interesting day for the state of Oklahoma, both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma State, of course, upset big time by an always solid TCU team, so not a shocking, shocking. We're not talking App State here, but an upset nonetheless given Oklahoma State's fast start. And I can't imagine what that state would have been like if Oklahoma, the Sooners, had lost to Baylor, which they almost did. I actually watched uh, the end of that game. And uh, But first, TCU beating Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State was the darling of the, shall we say, the national pollsters. Um, and they got beat in Stillwater. So TCU left, no doubt. You knew it was going to be a tough game, but I don't know that. Anybody expect that? TCU ran out to a big lead, then Oklahoma State, to their credit, not shockingly, closed it. And then, right when it looked like we were, it was going to be a fantastic finish uh, for potentially for Oklahoma State, 
Uh, TCU reeled off a long run to put the game away right after Oklahoma State drew within one score in the final couple minutes. So that's it for them, right? I mean, you know, they're just they're, they're the type of a fringe team that, you know, it's all good as long as they're winning. But the minute they lost, I think they are one of those teams that tends to get, uh, shall we say, more heavily penalized than some. Well, yeah, I think they're we're down to fifteen now, John. But the good yep. thing for them, even though they even though they lost at home, TCU is is, is a, maybe the ninth rated team right now. So yeah, they still have team. a lot of football to play. But you have to play a little bit of defense. To you do get to that, you know, ch- you know, you have to play a little bit of defense. And forty four points at home, that doesn't bode well for when you when you're on the road. <laughs> you know, and that's uh, it. So. You know, that's that's the crux of their team. You know, play some defense. They, they have the offense. Always had the offense. Oh, always. Uh, and it's less forgiving. Pollsters are less forgiving, and in this case, the committee, when you lose at home, I believe. In fact, obviously. Uh, that, yeah, so it's going to hurt yeah, them even yeah, more. Road vic- yeah, road victories are crucial uh, if you're trying to get into the championship, and they're very bad if you're, if you're trying to make your way into that Final Four as well. But... They they have a chance. I I won't discard them at this point because I know they're a high powered offense and yep. You saw that o- Oklahoma is uh, a, a flawed team, and you know all the other teams in that Big Twelve. You know, they, they, Oklahoma State can win those games, but they, they they can't make any mistakes from here on out. That's they have to go undefeated. Well, that's it exactly, which would include, of course, a win over Oklahoma and Bedlam, I believe. And uh, yeah, I mean. They started out so fast that they were getting all these accolades. And in my mind, this is what happens. You know, the first couple of weeks, both the team and Mason Rudolph, their terrific quarterback, were just, again, the praise was just, you know, raining down upon them from all corners. And, uh, and then, boom, you know, it just happens so quickly. I mean, what they did up in, Pitt, in Pittsburgh at Pitt, they dismantled Pitt with an offensive show uh, just last weekend. And uh, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, again, this is what happens. You know, everybody just, they were the darlings of the college football world to a large degree, I think, after the first couple of weeks. And because of that, I, I, I'm a believer that, you know, they get sort of, as I said, extra penalized when they lose at home. So, but you're right. They're good. They're a good team. Uh, you know, they'll uh, they'll put on. They will have their chances. They'll have their chances. That's right. That's a, well said. They will definitely have their chances to, uh, you know, make it right. Put on a show. There'll be other offensive shows from the Cowboys, no doubt about that. And then, uh, given how Oklahoma continues, they may have the chance to, uh, you know, spoil Oklahoma's. Parade if Oklahoma's undefeated when we get to the end of the season. And speaking of Oklahoma, again, uh, Baylor uh, has not won a game. Their program is, you know, <laughs> uh, under severe scrutiny would be a mild way of saying it. Uh, new coach, who yes. you and I know well, Matt Rule, formerly of Temple. And yes. again, they hadn't won a game. And boy, they gave the Sooners a scare. Uh, shocking to many, especially anybody who watched the Sooners beat up on Ohio State and Columbus a few weeks back. So, uh, 
Interesting game to say the least, but, you know, again, Oklahoma, they held on for the victory, so credit to them. Yeah, what's always puzzling to me, John, is I know that Oklahoma played a close ball game, and I'm thinking maybe their offense is not working that night, so they score 24 points or something of that nature. But you score 49, and you allow 41 to Baylor at home. Right. Right. I, I don't I don't quite understand. It's exactly right. Uh, you know, and at the end of the day, it's why we love college football, because we all know anything can happen. But nobody was expecting yeah. this to happen, uh, you, you know. But I would say, again, you know, we both liked a lot what Matt Roll did uh, down at Temple. He did a lot. He, you know, they were in the American, are in the American Athletic Conference. He was the coach. We saw him a few times at Media Day. He had some big victories along the way, big games. Yeah. Game day came to Philadelphia for the Notre Dame Temple game, which was awesome a couple years ago. And then, of course, Temple beat Penn State a few years back for the first time since, like, World War II. So, uh, Matt Rule can get it done, you, you know, yeah. you, to say the least. So, again, they hadn't won a game. The program is, you know... Uh, severe issues is the only way to say it. Um, so, you, you know, Matt Rule, uh, I'm not surprised that, he, you know, with a couple weeks under his belt, he at least got them kind of competitive, even against a great team like Oklahoma. Right, yeah, he's going to bring that program along. He will. And he'll, he'll, be able, yeah, he'll be able to recruit better down the road, but I don't think you know, they should expect <clears throat> miracles in the next couple of years. It's going to take three, four years. Absolutely. No doubt about it. He's a no-nonsense guy. I think he was good. I mean, the, the day he was hired, I, I thought, you know, good choice. Very good choice. Um, you know, again, no-nonsense guy. And I think uh, that's what was needed down there in, uh, in Waco. Uh, another great ending as we end up where we always end up, AP, is uh, uh, the SEC Florida. Florida, Kentucky, I guess Florida's beat them something like 30 years in a row, and uh, they won on basically the final play of the game, 28-27 against Kentucky, who really thought, and many people also thought, that this was the year they were finally going to break that streak to the Gators. Yeah, I picked Kentucky to win that game, John. I really thought they had an excellent chance. Yep. And they just couldn't finish. I mean, those are the kind of games that you're Kentucky, you're on the cusp of, of maybe contending for the Eastern Division or maybe coming in second, which would be fabulous for the Wildcat family. And you lose to a Florida team that's struggling on offense. It, if you're ever going to have a big year, that, that was the moment. I, I don't know how else to say it. Well, exactly right. Um yeah, and Kentucky had had a pretty big victory the week before, if I'm not mistaken, uh, over South Carolina down in Columbia. Am I right about that? They beat Columbia, uh, South Carolina four straight years now. That's incredible. It really is. Yeah. Um, it is. To say the least. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I like Kentucky. Uh, now, is their coach Bob Stoops' brother? Mark, Mark Stoops. Stoops, correct. Okay, correct. thought so, thought so. Um, and, yeah, I mean, 
I don't, for one reason or another, I end up, you know, every time I watch Kentucky as I'm channel surfing on a Saturday or Saturday evening, you know, I, I come across Kentucky and they're often involved in a tight game in the end. So, of course, I, I switch it on. And uh, so, yeah, when I think of Kentucky, I think, uh, you know, they play in close games at the end and certainly Saturday was yet another one of them. But more importantly, in the past couple of years, it seems like they win those close games. So that program's come a long way. You just can't help but think that you know, their time is really coming. Uh, they're more than competitive now. But, uh, you know, maybe at some point in the not-too-distant future, they're actually going to be truly contending uh, and capable of winning the SEC East. They would have been looking pretty at 4-0, John. You know, momentum and exactly this feeling. For, right for the program, and then you have that. That's that's a huge deflating moment for the Wildcats to to lose that game when it Florida's is. down. I mean that the whole SEC East is not very good. You have Georgia, you know Georgia maybe is a team that's on the on the come, you know, on that side. But they they could they could have you know could be a contender for that side. But they lose to Florida. It just hurt. It hurt. It's got one's gonna hurt for a while. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, interesting to see how that SEC East unfolds. Of course, Tennessee uh, is a player, but, you know, the, the Gators broke their heart last week. So, you know, you can count on them for great games. That's for darn sure. And uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's going to be fun to watch. Always is. Uh, well, AP, still a few more things to get to. Uh, but why don't we take our final break now, and we'll get to some more weekend sports action on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing, a little unusual, is uh, USC at Washington State. USC, of course, top five team, played the classic last Saturday night against Texas. Tough game this weekend against Cal, and Washington State is on a roll, uh, and they're hosting. And it's at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on Friday night. Not a time we're necessarily used to, but uh, uh, I think it could be interesting. Uh, Very interesting game to watch. So USC's been living on the edge the last couple weeks. So anxious to see if they can go into uh, Pullman, Washington, and, uh, and keep that top five position. So with that said, AP, uh, there was, you know, a little more than football. There was, of course, the FedEx Cup playoffs final round, uh, final tournament, shall we say. I was at one of the FedEx Cups events just a couple weeks ago, as all our listeners know, over down the road from here at the Deutsche Bank uh, in Norton, Massachusetts. And uh, Justin Thomas won that day and I think ended up winning the FedEx Cup, right? Yeah, so here's this young fellow from Kentucky, golfed at the University of Alabama. He's, he's got a lot of poise. He comes from a family that's familiar with the game as they had the pro up there in Kentucky. So he's been very good. Uh, he came out of Alabama, I think, as a junior. And one of the first tournaments, um, I don't know if he was there that year, but he was at the Travelers. You know, they gave him an invite and yes. uh, an invitation. And, uh, he was there. So he's been following him for quite a while. Absolutely. I, of course, was in the interview room after he won the uh, Deutsche I call it, I'm sorry, my apologies, I called it the Deutsche Bank. This year it changed its name to the Dell Technologies Championship. And I was in the room uh, after he won. Very, very likable guy. He and Jordan Spieth, uh, of course, great friends. Along, uh, you know, and hanging out with Smiley Kaufman and Ricky Fowler. Uh, they're living it up the way they should as young, wealthy uh, 20-somethings. So, uh, yes, it was, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. He's a real competitor, though. I mean, him and Spieth were head-to-head on the final day on the back nine uh, at the Dell. And, you know, they're friends. And, of course, Spieth's career is off to a legendary start, obviously. And uh, But Justin Thomas is more than likely the golfer of the year. I think the FedEx Cup puts that, you know, finalizes that once and for all. Given uh, he won his first major, I think he won three or four other tournaments. So uh, I don't think there's much doubt he'll probably be golfer of the year. And deservedly so, by the way. So who knows? It may be turning into a best friend rivalry uh, as we head into next year, right? Oh, absolutely. Those two young guys, I mean, if they can stay healthy, uh, I'm sure they'll be contending for a lot of titles and competing against each other for years. For years is right. They, uh, 
Uh, there was a great picture, and it was getting a lot of play in, in that post-tournament press conference at the Dell of Spieth and Thomas, both around age 14, which is, I believe, when they first met and became friends at a tournament over in France, like just sitting on a hillside or somewhere eating French food. Uh, and, I mean, they look all of their 14 years, like classic picture, <laughs> just happened to become a question and a topic in the uh, press conference. So it's nice to see what, you know, AP, golf's young guns. Uh, I mean, they're everywhere. And there's different people winning different tournaments, many of them young, Brooks Kepka, uh, and on and on. Uh, the, youth, the youth movement is alive and well in golf, and it couldn't come at a better time, right? Oh, absolutely. They need this for the game of golf, and those two fellows could be the face for, for a decade, let's say. Correct, correct. And then just pair it with, you know. Uh, of course, the elder statesman, Phil Mickelson, along with some others. Then you have your your, your mid-range players, age-wise, like Dustin Johnson. Uh, I, I think the PGA is, is setting up nicely in this post-Tiger world. And then this week, uh, we have the President's Cup down in, uh, down in New Jersey. So that's going to be cool. I, it's at a great course. I always love watching it from, uh, I think it's Liberty Golf Course. And that's the one where, you know, when you're teeing off <clears throat> on certain holes, the Statue of Liberty and Man- the skyline of Manhattan is sitting in the background. It's, it's awesome. So President's Cup, this begins, you know, this week leading into the weekend. Uh, uh, big story in and of itself. So it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, to say the least. Yeah, that's always a nice tournament down there, John. I mean, that skyline, it's picturesque, and it'll be a fun, a fun event. No doubt about it. Way Pee-wee, you know, can't uh, complete our show without talking about yesterday's amazing NFL Sunday. We touched on it a bit, but, you know, the uh, number one, I had the good fortune of seeing yet another Tom Brady two-minute Tom, as we call him up here in New England, execute yet another <laughs> two-minute victory. AP, it's truly, you know, one of the great things in sports. And by that, I mean, as I said at the top of the show, there's not many things I enjoy more in sports than Tom Brady getting the ball into that stadium down, losing with two minutes left on the clock. There's just nothing like it. Uh, and yesterday, given he's now 40, may have been the best one I can ever remember, uh, you know, for a regular season game, you know, with uh, the energy in that stadium when Brady came out on the field with two minutes to go down four, so no field goal, uh, is really one of the best I ever remember at Gillette Stadium. It was really spectacular. And then to see him do what he did uh, was even more spectacular. Uh, He and Brandon Cooks made quite the connection yesterday once and for all. Yeah, John, that's a signature for a quarterback, two-minute drill. And he's done it so many times. Uh, I think even in college that was, you know, part of his uh, forte. And, you know, at 40 years old, you, you say that number and you're thinking, gee, it's nice that he's out there and then here he is at the top of his game still. Yeah, well, yesterday uh, th- there was 
clear conversation. I mean, yesterday was different, AP, because he is 40. So there was a, a and given they had lost to Kansas City in their last home game in the, in the banner night to open the season, uh, you know, but then he bounced back big time in New Orleans. But big question yesterday, can he still do it? That was what was on everybody's mind. And boy, did he deliver. I mean, you know, if there are still any doubters out there, and again, you know, just going back to the Super Bowl, for gosh sakes, you know, but, you know, yeah. here we are. It's, you know, it's human nature. I wondered it too. Who, you'd be foolish not to. And uh, he answered that question with, you know, an exclamation point of the, at the highest level. Because, uh, yes, that drive had obstacles, AP. I mean, you know, there was penalties. There was a strip sack uh, where his offensive lineman got the ball. Or it's over, you know. So he really delivered with a, you know, a higher degree of difficulty, so to speak. So it was really, it was really special stuff to watch for game three of the NFL season. I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that. No, and as you mentioned, the, the strips sack uh, almost happened and his lineman recovered. So you, you have to have the mindset, okay, that's behind us and we're trying to score a touchdown to win. So, I mean, all those factors like icing on the cake for his career. You say here he is at 40 years old making a comeback at, at the home game, you know, on on national TV and everybody can watch and they'll have that memory seared in their brain forever. Exactly. The take-home message for me, the Patriots have beat up on the Texans on their last few visits to Gillette Stadium, both regular season and postseason. But yesterday, I think, uh, let's just say the the Texans now are certainly not scared of the Patriots. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're both playoff teams, and I think they're both going to be in the playoffs. Uh, you know, assuming those three teams, Patriots, Texans, Chiefs, are in the playoffs, uh, nobody's, those two are not going to be scared to come into Gillette Stadium, that's for sure. And Before I forget, AP, this is right in your wheelhouse, Deshaun Watson put on a show yesterday. It was unbelievable watching him in Gillette Stadium. He's going to be a great NFL quarterback. I, I I don't need to see anything more after what I saw yesterday. Yeah, when you can be on the road against the, the Patriots and perform well, that's all that needs to be said because that that's a huge test for him as a young quarterback, which is his third or fourth game or something like that. So to to be against the best, Tom Brady, and he has to make a two-minute drive to win the game, that's a... a something he could build on in the future yep it was great to see you and i have both seen deshaun watson in person in the national championship games against alabama and i i loved it uh because he's a winner (laughs) and he he, they may not have won yesterday but he did he's still a winner uh to say the least he certainly did everything he left the game with the lead what else can you say so ap Hard to believe we're at the end of the show. Thank you, as always, for your great perspective. My pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. I look forward to uh, further shows. Absolutely. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again on future Mondays. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.